Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Small Business Chronicles, uh, the show where we like to bring you in, give you tips, advice, things to help accentuate the business that you're growing, maybe avenues you didn't know to go down. Today, it's going to be a little bit of an inception episode. I have uh, Lindsay McMahon from All Ears English on here. Now, our little show, it's, it's getting started and we got good numbers but they have 8 million downloads and 3 million listeners. So I'm nervous. I, I'm really nervous <laughs> sitting across from you today, just so you know. Oh, th no, Ryan, thanks for having me on the show. I, you know, podcasting is still a very human medium and I'm excited to get into it. It's something I still believe anyone can get into podcasting. <clears throat> if you have something interesting to say and you can pick up a microphone and you're willing to just get started, anyone can get into this world. So Nothing to be nervous about. I'm excited to talk to your audience today. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm really excited. So when I booked you, it, you know, I said it was kind of weird because it was, it's kind of like an inception. We're on a podcast and we're going to be talking about podcasting and how to leverage podcasting in your business. And not every business is going to need a podcast, but I think that there's a lot of businesses out there that if they would just sit down and, and go through podcasting, it, podcasting is kind of, in my mind, taking the place of magazines. You used to have these very specific magazines for every subject that's out there. You right. had walking, running, shopping for bread, bakery, like every subset you could have has now transitioned into podcast. And with the availability of the platforms, almost anybody can get started. Uh, so, so my first question for you is how did you get started into podcasting? Yeah, I got started very early in podcasting. So before anyone really knew what a podcast was, this was 2013. And I know you said, Ryan, you've been in it for a while as well, right? We've mm -hmm. seen over the years, this general awareness that kind of came up in the culture. But in 2013, no one really knew what a podcast was. It was kind of the nerds creating podcasts and also the uh, like personal development world. And that was what I was following. I was following these shows, Srinivas Rao, Unmistakable Creative, shows like that, authors being interviewed. And I thought to myself, hey, why not start a show for the English language learning industry, which is the industry I'm in, I had taught abroad in Japan, had lived in South America, had done a lot of ESL teaching. And I thought, oh, wow, this industry could be there. There's a lot we could do better in this industry. And I think we could do it through podcasting. So that is how I started. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was an entertainer and uh, I got tired of traveling and bought a little thing off of uh, from my radio shack that had two mics in and <laughs> yeah. me and one of my buddies just started talking. And before you knew it, we had listeners and a website and all, all of this other stuff. So in, in the entry level into podcast really to, to my getting this all started back up really hasn't changed much as far as getting into podcasting. Sure. Yeah. I think it's a very low barrier to entry. Obviously nowadays it is, it is harder. And I will admit that, you know, launching a show in 2023 is very different from launching a show in 2013 in terms of audience attention, the competition, but I still believe there are certain things you can do to get ahead of the curve and get the algorithm working in your favor. Uh, absolutely. So, so what are some of those things? What, what on, on the first thing going in, what are the first things that you should focus and pay attention to? Yeah, well, I always say, well, so there are two things that are really key. Number one is the way you conceptualize your show. 
spend a little bit of time, not too much, because a lot of this is going to come after you have launched and after you have heard yourself talk about your industry, your subject matter multiple times, but spend a little time thinking about what is your unique angle on your topic. If you're just saying more of the same, it's not going to catch on. So for example, for us, we realized around episode number 50, um, we publish, by the way, we have 2000 episodes. So this is a, we publish a lot. <laughs> we yes. realize around number, yeah, number 45 or 50 that our core belief is around human connection when it comes to language learning. That is what's most important for us. And that is pretty different or was at the time compared to other teachers that were on, that were out in the world of ESL and in podcasting, right? They tend to be very a little stiff, a little overly professional, trying to make sure they come off as qualified and professional. And we said, you know what? Language is about human connection. And so to go along with that, we trademarked our phrase, connection, not perfection. We went ahead with the USPTO and trademarked it along with our show name. And this is, by the way, a great hack. If you think you've come to something that resonates with people and you resonate, it could take you the, the distance in terms of your show, go ahead and trademark that. It's very worth it. So that's the first thing is knowing what you actually believe when it comes to your industry. Okay. So that's more of a strategy. And then we can get into tactics as well that are specific to podcasting if you want, Ryan. Oh, absolutely. I want to go as far down the rabbit hole as we have time for, because, because, <laughs> because I'm going to interject some experience here in a little bit, but you're, yeah. you're, you're head and shoulders above where I'm at in this industry. So you mentioned tactics. What are some of those tactics uh, as yeah. we get rolling into our podcast here? So there's three or four things you can do when you first launch with your show, as I said, to get ahead of the curve. So the first one starts with knowing people in your industry. And I still believe that podcasting is a collaborative industry. Let's keep it that way. You know, let's not think of every other show in our industry as our competition. Let's reach out to them and try to invite them on your show, right? You, you want to have a few episodes already published at this point, have something to point to, but talk about what you're doing that's a little different and say, hey, I see that you you take this angle on the industry. Would you like to come on and talk about that? And then maybe in the future, they'll invite you on their show. It doesn't have to be transactional. It's just not that way. They won't necessarily be, you know, they don't owe it to you to have you on their show, but that'll get the relationship going. So maybe a few months from now, you can come back and say, hey, I have a great idea for a guest episode on your show. Remember when we collaborated before, you could go ahead and try that angle. So in our first hundred episodes of All Ears English, I think we had like 30 or 40 of them were actually guest episodes. And that did a lot to get us going in the Apple podcast algorithm. You know, that made sure that we're on every show. We ended up being on their shows as well. Many of them said, hey, what about you come on my show, right? But we just had, you know, the name got out there. People got to know All Ears English. And so that is the first most powerful thing you can do. Start reaching out, go to conferences, get to know people and connect. And that would be the, that's the most powerful thing you can do. So being on other shows. That that's kind of how we started here is we, we were marketing experts. We wanted to get on other shows. We wanted to do things. And after we guest appeared on a few, we decided to kind of do our own and, and yeah. kind of we knew what it was. And, and since then, we've had those people back on our shows and, and, and done that collaborative. Another yeah. offshoot that kind of goes with what you're talking about is I, I think in any business world, you network, you go to BNIs, you go to your lunch groups, you go to whatever. This podcasting 
um, a chunk of the internet that you get into is mm-hmm. is one of the best networking opportunities that I've ever been in for yes. your business as well. Uh, our type of show, we've had people on about uh, copyright and trademarks and how to do those, emotional mm-hmm. intelligence, all of those. So I, I get messages like, hey, can you give me that guy's information? Can you get there? And then they're sending people our way and sharing yes. our podcasts and doing the same thing. So so sure. when you get into that space and there's hundreds of people here and you're like, what do I do? You'll niche down and you'll narrow down and you'll start this networking that is unlike any other as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, set aside the whole idea of growing your show, growing your career as a professional. I've been able to interview people I probably wouldn't have talked to otherwise. Like we had uh, Lane Green from The Economist, a columnist from The Economist on the show this summer. And I probably wouldn't have had a conversation with Lane Green otherwise, but that's really cool. And now I know him and, you know, we are connected. And so this is a way to just meet people out in the professional world and industries that connect with yours. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and so that kind of goes off. I wasn't trying to hijack you there. That just kind of goes off into those tactics of as you're networking, your podcast will grow too, because you, you're getting shared out and you're getting changed in that network as well. Yeah, exactly. And then we can get into a few more, even more specific tactical actions that we can take. But I think just starting off with the fundamental pieces of know what you believe in, know what your differentiator is. Uh, and then understand that you, it starts with building those relationships, you know, on, with people who have podcasts in your industry. That's a really good start. Absolutely. So what would be the next core fundamental tactic? Well, I like this one because this is something you don't have to rely on other people to reply to you. You're not waiting for anyone to do this. Tell your audience to hit follow. Okay. So this is huge because we know that at least within the Apple podcast algorithm currently, we don't know they, you know, they keep it under wraps, they keep it secret. So we don't exactly know what it is, but we do know that, you know, you do get juice in the algorithm when more people follow your show, when more people download your show in a a specific amount of time, like a short amount of time. Right. And so when it comes to getting that audience going, first of all, practically speaking, they follow you, they they are aware of you. When they go to their podcast deck to listen, they remember, oh yeah, All Ears English, I did follow them. I'm going to go ahead and see what they've got, right? And so getting that happening, reminding your audience in the body of the show every time to go ahead and go ahead and hit follow and why they should do that is powerful. It's a very subtle thing you can do, but it's powerful. Uh, and I think in any sort of new media that we have today, whether it be TikTok, podcasting, YouTube, it's always like, follow, subscribe, like, follow, subscribe. And yeah. there's a reason why every corner of those media reminds you to do that is mm-hmm. because we, we consume so much media at such a rapid pace. If you don't remind your audience to do that, they'll move on to the next one and they'll never remember you existed. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And so when it comes to launching a brand new show, if your audience is doing that, you obviously want to have more than just one episode in your queue when you go live, right? Because think about it when Mm -hmm. you find a new show, if there's one episode there, why are you even going to hit follow? You're not going to, because you don't see anything else to subscribe to. You're not sure yet if this show is for you. You don't know when the next episode is coming out. I always suggest launch with 
maybe five to eight episodes already live in that queue. So they all go live at the same time on launch day. Um, and so do that. And then people will say, yeah, this show is for me. I see they publish a lot of episodes. I'm going to hit follow and then you're going to turn up in their queue and then they're going to listen. And that's going to happen for a lot of people at the same time, which is going to give you a boost. Absolutely. Uh, so, so the like, follow, share tactic, the, the make sure that you, you invite your listeners to engage with that yep. is, is, is a very powerful tactic. Uh, yeah. What's the next one? Because we've got uh, networking, we've got like, follow or, or follow yes. us. Uh, what, mm -hmm. what would be the next tactic? So there's a couple of things you can do, you know, as if you start to build a network, it's really good to promote between the shows. That's a little further along for your listeners, of course, but we found a lot of success. We just launched our latest show back in the fall and it had been seven years since we had launched our previous show. So I wasn't sure how it was going to go. It went fantastic. It doesn't do the kinds of numbers that Allers English does, but no show is ever going to catch up to Allers English. It's just too far on. It's just a humongous show. So this new show we launched in October, Business English, we did a few key things. We used the the energy and the, the kind of the might of the other shows to advertise the new one. And the conversion rates through tracking on Chartable have been incredible right? We've seen things like 16% conversion rates when we do feed drops. So this is the next kind of pro tip is doing a feed drop. And this is obviously easier to do when it's your shows, right? You're dropping between your shows. So a new episode, a new uh, podcast launches business English. I drop an episode of business English onto all ears English. And now my entire audience from all ears English knows about business English. And then I send them over to search for business English and hit follow. I don't rely on things like social media. I'm there in terms of what not to do. <laughs> it doesn't work. In my experience, it doesn't work. A lot of people will tell you, you know, go make little clips on social media. It's not the same listener. It's not the same person, right? A lot of people still, unfortunately, don't know what a podcast is. So let's leave it to the big celebrities like Oprah to bring the mainstream world into podcasting and let's keep our audience building within podcasting is what I recommend. So whenever I go on another show, I ask listeners to open the search bar wherever you're listening. Don't go anywhere new. Hit search, search for all ears English and hit follow. I'm not asking them to move from Instagram to podcasting to try to figure out how to download a podcast. So I just gave a few tips there, <laughs> but feed drops are huge. Yeah. Uh, no, and, and I think as an avid podcast listener, that does help you yeah. if you're a fan. And then there's a lot of podcasts out there that have two hosts and then that those singular hosts have shows and they'll do exactly what you say is I'll go to the latest episode and there's there's this new podcast. Yeah, there's this new whatever. And, and having those networks there, I know as a listener attracts me to different new podcasts. Yeah. And when it, I mean, when it comes to the concept of a feed drop, I mean, I want to come back to that because that is quite effective. Now, if you don't have five shows to drop an episode of the new podcast onto the old show, you could approach someone in your industry about arranging this on a CPM basis cost per meal, which is the uh, mm -hmm. way we monetize in podcasting. Typically, we use that for ads for buying an ad, uh, which we can talk about in, in just a minute. But I actually think if you can negotiate this, um, it's pretty effective because people get a true taste of what your show is all about. And if it's put in front of your industry followers, it, it works very, very well. So feed drops are extremely effective.
Oh, absolutely. Because that's one thing. Uh, here, here's a cheap plug is that uh, our sister show, Marketing Masters, we, we have it on the same network. We use, we have a website, uh, Small Business Delivered is the name of our overall network. And we're finding out constantly that we're flipping those feed drops back and forth. And it, it, it's boosting and bouncing up our audience. Are you are you tracking those in Chartable or anywhere else just to get the uh, conversion rate there, Ryan? Not yet. I was actually okay. spent most of my morning trying to get us on there. Uh, <laughs> our, our whole network is relatively new, and yeah. to whereas I had, I've been podcasting uh, off and on since about the same as you, about 2013, and yeah. it's so different because I took two or three years off. I I, I kind of left out, and now I'm back, and I'm like. This is so different. Like the babbling into the microphone part, I got down. The back end of it, <laughs> the back end of it seems to be a little bit of a mystery. And that's why I was so excited to have you on. Yeah, I do recommend, you know, yeah, I think, you know, get started because we know that feed drops work if you don't have the tracking in place yet, but quickly try to get to the point where you do have the tracking in place because mm -hmm. <clears throat> we've seen conversion rates. I, I should go back and check and make sure this is right. We've seen them above 15% and a typical conversion rate in this industry is less than 1% for ads. And so I'm talking about now you're talking about a similar audience that has the same needs already knows the host. This is within our network. And so of course they're yes. going to add that other show. So that, that conversion rate is <clears throat> quite high, but a 5% conversion rate, a 3% conversion rate would be really solid. Um, and so the instruction here, the tip is to, again, you got to know the people in your industry to be able to do this. It's very next level because you're asking them to take an episode of your show and put it on their feed. That's a big deal. So we've already built those relationships because we've done some guest collaborations together. We know each other, we've checked in, we've maybe helped each other. And then now we're going to say, Hey, what about a feed drop? And I would be willing to pay you for this per CPM. So. And, and that's marketing 101 is just getting it yeah. to get it, getting it into a place where people aren't there before. Um, mm -hmm. You were talking a little bit about buying ads and what the conversion rate is there. Um, what type of marketing have you seen effective in podcasts outside of feed drops? Yeah. So I was just, I want to pull up my chartable data here to make sure I give you the right information, but in terms of buying ads. So right now there's a lot of controversy around within downloads, you know, Apple does auto downloads. So it's a little dangerous unless you have a huge budget and you are like a better help or a, you know, large, large company, a Toyota, and you can run programmatic ads on a CPM basis. That's not a big deal for them for the, for the price that they can right. pay. It's a little dangerous right now. I think for an indie podcaster to go and buy an ad on a CPM impression basis, I think I would recommend you know, we've bought ads on, there's one particular show we work with a lot. We've known them since 2013, right? They like us, we get along. Um, we buy baked in ads from them and because they don't do dynamic ad insertion right now. And we, you know, they're happy with what we pay them. We pay them fairly based on what we expect their downloads to be after 30 days. And we've seen great results from that as well. And so approaching smaller shows, it doesn't really matter. You don't need the huge shows. <laughs> Sometimes they're not always worth the money, the huge, huge shows. A smaller show with a small listener base of 5,000, if you can convert you know, three to 5% of those, that's a really solid number of people moving over. And then if you're publishing regularly, then it's just about your work. 
Do you commit to your yes. audience? Do you publish? Do you create interesting content? Do you have great guests on the show? That is just on you to keep them. Yeah, you you can bring and let's move into content. Let's let's use this to bounce over to content because you can spend unlimited whatever your budget is to get people there, feed drops, whatever. Yeah. But unless your content has has certain markers, yeah. you're, you're not gonna make it. What are because you already said have a different angle, have a different unique thing. The first part of content I want to pick apart is equipment. Mm -hmm. Um if you want to retain listeners, get a good microphone. Yes, absolutely. And these days, you, you know, it's very affordable, these microphones, right? We went for nine years using the ATR 2100, and we didn't feel the need to upgrade. We only just yeah. here upgraded, just last year, upgraded to the Shore mic. I think we're on the MB7. I don't, it's confusing the way they name their mics, to be honest, the Shore company. But um, yeah, we don't you don't need to spend a ton of money. You could get an ATR 2100 for uh, 120 bucks. Yeah. You really don't need much. USB mics. No, USB, make sure it's a condenser mic. I think the one that I'm using what is is $99 out of the box with the arm. And it doesn't sound yeah. bad. It doesn't sound a, a, a thousand percent professional. But when when you're getting in and you're low entry point and you're starting a podcast, you don't go out and spend four or $500 for a microphone. But on the other side of it, a podcast is not a Zoom meeting. <laughs> That's... <laughs> right. That that seems to be a thing when people are struggling with podcasts. If it sounds like a Zoom meeting, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of retention there. Yeah, I've always said when it comes to audio quality, you need a minimum viable audio quality, especially now because you are competing against huge publications yes. like The Daily. The Wall Street Journal has a podcast that I listen to every day. They're going to have good microphones. So you need a baseline quality level. But beyond that, it's like diminishing returns because by then your audience has said, yeah, I'm going to listen to this. It's not perfect audio, but I'm going to listen. Then you've caught them in the heart, not yeah. so much in the ears. So then you're okay. But if you don't reach that minimum quality level, they're moving on. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and then the second part of content I want to get to is platform. I want to know if you have any uh, uh, recommendations out there. So where are you hosting? Where where does somebody on a small level, what is the best platforms to host that? Because uh, uh, the way it kind of works is you find one place to host it and RSS feeds out to everybody else. Yes. Uh, do, do you have recommendations on where you should host and which are the better ones out there? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So in the lifetime of our shows, we've been on two different hosts. Moving hosts is a, feels like a big deal. So it's good to just find something that's good. I recommend to anyone in the early days or even the mid days, uh, Libsyn. So Libsyn, you can start for like 25 bucks a month. I think there's something in that range. They are true experts. They've been in the game the longest. And so they have good support these days. Um, Dave Jackson, uh, they're, they're, they're nice people. They're always doing presentations over at um, the conferences and they know what they're talking about. And so you can trust that, you know, you can trust that your feed is safe that you're going to be fine. You can always get your questions answered by an expert. So I trust Libsyn. We moved off of Libsyn in uh, March of 2022 because we wanted to start monetizing through programmatic ads um, and really take the power of All Ears English and the size of our show. Uh, and so we moved over to Megaphone. We're currently at Megaphone, which is a more enterprise level. I think they have like a 
a small business tier, I think. Um, but we use them on the enterprise level and that's working out just fine for us so far. So Megaphone yeah, allows, absolutely. yeah, a lot of vast, um, you are vast connections with other programmatic marketplaces. And so that's why it works for us now. So At, absolutely. And get, getting on that right one, uh, that right distributor, because if you have to go in and make edits and change anything, you want to make sure that they're more immediate, that they come quick and that there, there's some places out there that are, that are good budget friendly. If you have a podcast or two, but if you're yeah. really wanting to stand out with your content, you have to make sure your content gets delivered correctly. And it's kind of a pain having to go to Apple, Google, Amazon Music, and all these different places to set up. So do either one of these have the connections to where you, you can get those relatively easy? Yeah, I mean, so that's the interesting thing, right? Always make sure you own your RSS feed and then you also have your Apple podcast account because, you know, the RSS, the host is where you plug in your audios, but then you need to own your accounts on Apple Podcasts, claim them with your email, with an email that doesn't necessarily belong to someone who may not be at the company in five years. Be careful with that. Mm -hmm. Be really careful. <laughs> uh, if you're the owner, make sure it's your or some generic email that you'll always own. Uh, set up your accounts. But that, in my experience, that's not something that the host really should do for you. That's something you should do for yourself. Because again, I mean, maybe they could just give you tips like here's how to do it, but you should own those. That should not be something, oh, the host is not going to take care of that for you. You should have your, yeah. like I can sign into Apple Podcasts and get that data. It's not all the data because it's only Apple Podcasts, but you need right. to have those that belong to you separately. Does that make sense? Oh, no, absolutely. Because if you look at one of the really popular ones, Podbean is, mm -hmm. is, is, it's kind of like that. You put your RSS feed up and it'll help you sync in, but it won't. Or do you have any, oh, I see uh, what you're, I think I know what you're asking. Yeah. Like, so you're saying yeah. that the RSS, of course. Yeah. So the RSS feed goes out and then the, you know, Apple kind of gets that RSS feed and starts to list your show. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. On the yeah. front yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, on the sure. front end. On yes. No, I own my Apple. I, I did that. I went and got my own Apple. I have my yeah. own Apple account. Did not do a company account. I've had that mistake in the past. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and no, so then you can go through to Apple, Spotify, collect your numbers. Yeah. And Podbean is what, uh, for small scale, it, it gathers all of our numbers for us and kind of it, yeah, it, it, yeah. connected to those services and, and, and gives us our metrics. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Metrics, yes. <clears throat> they should be getting metrics coming in from all these places. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, they're going to give you that RSS feed that Apple's going to start to scan. And then all these other aggregator apps scan from Apple, right? So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. it really like most hosts will work just fine. Just make sure. I mean, one big mistake we've seen out in the in the celebrity world of podcasting is locking down their feed and being exclusive to one platform. That's something I would never recommend because it totally goes against what podcasting is. No, I'm, I'm a big time Apple fanboy. Take that for good or bad. <laughs> yeah. And and so somebody's like, here's a Spotify link. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with that? I do everything on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> and but then yeah. but then the other side of that, um, Spotify seems to be the biggest one out there outside of Apple Podcasts. Yes. Uh, is there any other services? that you should absolutely make sure because if you go there is a ton of podcast services should is there any ones you should stay away from or should you just make sure it's on every single service that exists 
do you mean like listening apps, the apps that yeah, provide yeah, yeah, your podcast? Apps. Yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. make sure your show is in Apple and Spotify. Um, those are the big ones. Still Apple's bigger than Spotify and our charts, not in everyone's charts. I think some people's charts yeah. have are different. Um, but yeah, the big ones that matter, Apple and Spotify. And then Amazon is kind of up and coming. Google Podcasts has a has had a weird presence in podcasting. It's very strange. They're giving mixed signals for the last few years to the podcasting industry. That's weird. But, you know, I think YouTube is um, I think it's a discovery tool for podcasts. I would have said something different two years ago, but I think a lot of people do discover podcasts on YouTube. So we've started filming pretty much all of our episodes on video like this, and we just put it on mm -hmm. YouTube. So it's a sub channel mm -hmm. for us. It's a supporting channel. It's never going to be as big as our podcast, but it's a way people can find us. And if they want to listen over there, the point is respecting where people want to listen. Right. Mm -hmm. So you want to be in as many places as possible. And then all the smaller apps like Castbox and Overcast, they'll find you if you're an Apple. Yeah. Because they scrape from Apple. Oh, do they? That I'm pretty sure they do. Many, day, many, yeah. of, many of them do. So you don't really need to do anything like they'll find you. Oh, OK. That, yeah. that That's interesting to know because distribution is one of those things uh, that as I get back into podcasting and we're doing this and we're growing and we're introducing our third show, um, is yeah, that distribution, because you can see like this one over here is getting a bunch. This one's getting nothing. This one's over here. Um, so it, it, it can, that's good to know that there's some that do scrape from Apple. Yeah. So if you're missing some and it, and it helps round that out. I mean, you could look, I know that one way to get the information on this would be Libsyn does, they do a, a monthly or biweekly podcast, The Feed, and they talk mm -hmm. about what are the apps in their database that get the most traction. Like they'll list Apple yeah. gets 80% of our downloads, Spotify gets 10. Then what are the next five? Go and check that those numbers and then go check your numbers. Is one of them missing? If it's missing, then reach out to that overcast or that cast box or whatever and see why you know is my show in your and as some of them you can create your own account others don't necessarily have that or it wouldn't be worth your time because we're talking about like less than two percent of an audience right we're not talking about right. a huge in most cases just do a little detective work and see what's missing but i would focus on apple and spotify and and i guess youtube now no yeah the one of the things because there's two more points that i want to get before we run out of time uh, one would be the metrics. We talked about the metrics for a little bit. And in our pre-interview, we talked about it just a little bit. So let's mm -hmm. say we, we followed the steps. We went out and got good equipment. We went to, we, we went to Megaphone, Lisbon, Podbean, got it up there, started podcasting. Now your numbers are coming in. You release your show. You got a couple hundred downloads. What does that mean? So... When, yeah, so it's a great question. It's, it doesn't mean listeners, first of all. That's the most important thing to say. So when I say my show has 8 million downloads, people think, oh my gosh, 8 million listeners. No, I would be like a famous, famous person on TV or something. No, of course not, right? Because when you have a large back catalog, that means that those episodes are getting downloaded multiple times. There's auto downloads that do happen still on some devices. And until now, the industry has been very set on downloads. But I do think that's going to change. And I think that's changing. I think we have a long way to go in terms of building technology that allows us to measure 
verified listeners. The old school way of doing this, and still I guess it's valid for someone if you don't necessarily want to hire a consultant to dig into your numbers, which is what we've done. But if you don't want to do that, you don't have to do that. Just look at after 30 days, um, episode three, how many downloads did it have? That's usually your your listener number. Okay. Right. So that's your dedicated listener number. Those are the people that come back on a regular basis, wait for your show. So that's one way to get that number. And then you can go the next step. We have we work with um a great team at the at Bumper. So Bumper is a consulting agency and they help us get through our numbers and Apple and figure out what is our verified lifetime listener number? Not necessarily current listeners that are coming back every day, but verified lifetime listeners. How many people have interacted with our show over the lifetime of the show? Uh, and then you can dig into followers, things like that. But unfortunately, it's an industry problem. It's not a problem with any one podcast. It's an industry problem. And so if we want to move forward as an industry, we have a lot of work to do in this area. Yeah. Yeah, because that's one of the things that that's confusing because it's hard to tell because you know how many social media followers you have. That's easy to find. You right. know how many people subscribe at certain points, uh, but but to actual how many people listen and then other metrics are in there, too. And I don't know. A couple places will give them to you. One minute listens, three minute listens, full show listens, which are right. good metrics. If if ever if you've got a million downloads and everybody only listens for three minutes, there's a reason yeah. for that. And if you yes. have longer ones, so you can kind of look at those metrics, uh, dig mm -hmm. in and find your stats and metrics. And you can kind of look at those metrics to find out, is there something within the first three minutes of my show making people shut it off? Is there, mm -hmm. why, why, why yeah. is, why am I not getting a detention rate through this? So it's exactly. not just about listeners. It's about looking at those metrics to understand your show a little bit better too. For sure. I mean, the place I would send people first would be Apple podcast for that data. Assuming Apple is you know, more than 50% of your audience, which for most people it probably right. is, it is. Uh, go to that data and they will give you completion percentages. And so that's a really important indicator because honestly, if you're not monetizing with sponsors, your numbers don't matter. Like your downloads no. don't matter that much. What you want to know is what percentage of people are completing that episode or what percentage are they completing on average? That tells you whether you have a good show or not. So that number should be probably higher than 75%. We like to keep make sure our stay around 75 to 80% completion. Now we have short episodes, so that could be influencing that number, but see what the metric is for you and pay attention to that number rather than downloads, mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and this is all, uh, this, this is all just kind of how to look through your process. We we've spent a half an hour talking and there's much more, I mean, launching a podcast is relatively easy, but as you can tell, there's much more to going into that. So mm -hmm. the very last thing that I want to cover before we wrap up is we are doing this on StreamYard. That's that's the service yes. we are using now. It's not a paid thing. We're nowhere near, I'm nowhere near big enough to get paid for anything. We've used Riverside. We've used StreamYard. And I actually set up an OBS studio uh, to where we could just locally record it. When you're doing a podcast, it's different from a live stream. You want good quality, good sound. And in today's age, you can do that with someone in London and you be setting in Denver. But but what are the markers that we need to look for in a in a system like this, whether it be Riverside, StreamYard, whatever, to make sure we're getting the right thing? 
Yeah. I mean, for so many years, we before we implemented YouTube, before we decided, hey, let's turn on the camera and just film ourselves so we can have that YouTube uh, presence, we, we used Audacity. Uh, mm -hmm. The old Audacity, right? So this is oh, like the yes. most original. <laughs> it's, it's free software. It's extremely old, um, but it worked fine. The key thing to look for to answer your question, Ryan, is being able to record locally. So we're not yes. recording over the internet. That's the key. And that's what we're doing here on StreamYard too. I think StreamYard gives you like an internet recording, but then you really get your mm -hmm. local recordings. So that's what you need. So that way, in the early, early days for guests, I remember recording on Skype and the, yes. the quality was horrible. It was horrible. Oh my God. Yeah. Like anytime that someone's internet went out, it was just like, can we publish this episode or it's 2013? I guess we can, but we couldn't now. Uh, we have used oh, no. Zoom over the years. Like I'll go to Zoom if StreamYard is just for some reason not working or if like I just want a video and it's easier with a guest sometimes with Zoom. But um, I think local recordings are important. So yes. that's what I would say. Now on this show, we do a little post-production because uh, we understand that USB mics and actual condenser mics that run through boards and stuff are a little bit different. So mm -hmm. sometimes you might have to de-digitize or put a little extra in your, in your voice. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but, but generally that's what you want those local recordings for. If, if, if yeah. Lindsay is not having a good internet day, she's having a store uh, or a storm and, or somebody's in there watching binge, binge and Netflix, and yeah. what's going to happen is that internet recording is going to sound like a Zoom call, but then you can go to yeah. the back end and replace her part with her local recording. So yeah. when we're talking about local recordings, that's how that works. Imagine that Zoom call that you set through for 45 minutes that that person was breaking up. When you downloaded that, it sounded like you were in the same room with them. That's mm -hmm. what we mean by local recording. And the only reason why I went back over this is... Uh, over the course of the past few months doing this, I've had to explain that a, a handful of times of what that why that local recording is so important. Yeah, well, all the new recording rooms like Squadcast, Riverside, mm -hmm. and StreamYard do offer that now. Like, like I said, you'll see your options when it comes yes. to downloading your files, and always, you know, ninety ninety percent of the time. Of course, if I have a guest, yeah, I would never record on Skype anymore. But if I have a guest and I just feel like it's going to be too much of a lift to do StreamYard even, I'll do Zoom still. But I think that those those go to the cloud. So there is a local, there is, uh, the quality yeah. is better. You know, it's, 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 yeah. it doesn't feel like it's being broken up. So. Uh, I, I think that covers everything. So I want to spend a little bit recapping, if you don't mind. Uh, first is go out there and make sure that you're doing something unique. If you're just copying everybody else, you're just noise and you're not going to rise above that. Um, network a little bit, get connected with other members in your community and your podcast community and, uh, uh, make sure that you do that. Cause like I said, it's not only good for networking and growing your business, but when you're switching through, uh, those podcasts and appearing, that's going to help grow your audience and your legitimacy as, as a podcast person. And the one thing we didn't touch on is it gives you some practice too. Nobody is good when they start. That's just <laughs> a thing. So so all of this practice can be good uh, in advertising, uh, unless you're monetizing, but in advertising your podcast, the feed drop-ins are going to be really, really important to, to exchange those. Yeah. And then the other one that we didn't mention is promo swaps, but I would recommend looking into yes. that, which is just similar. You just go to someone you know and say, hey, I'll do a promo. Would you put a promo for my show on your show and vice versa? Yes. So you're swapping yes. impressions. Yeah. 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 Yep, promo swapping and uh, get some good equipment. 
get get some good equipment so it doesn't sound like a Zoom meeting. Uh, nothing wrong with Zoom meetings. We all do them. Our company does them. We go on Teams. But you're you're trying to entertain and you're trying to the whole experience should be pleasant. And if you sound tinny, digitized. Uh, echoey people aren't going to listen to you for 45 minutes unless they have to the only reason they do it on zoom calls is your boss is there and they make you so <laughs> that's that so that's what that's going to be um and and make sure that uh we've mentioned to several services that will host your podcast like podbean lisbon uh megaphone that uh did i ever pronounce that wrong it, it, it's yeah so it's libsyn so l-i-b-s-y-n is is, gotcha. is where you could go to find that uh libsyn.com mm -hmm. libsyn.com uh and, and you can always reach out to our show uh here and i will i will send you to Lindsay, or you can ask all the questions we've both been doing this for quite a while it's an ever-changing thing uh the the last question if you don't have anything else on the wrap-up i have like a, a one question that i want to ask you what is okay. your top three pet peeves when you listen to somebody's podcast that makes you turn it off <laughs> yeah well number one bad audio as we said audio that does yeah. not meet that minimum viable quality i go away of course number two self-indulgence in talking too much like not drawing the connection to what the audience is gonna get right away so we always do a whiff them what's in it for me at the beginning of the show and we say here's what you're going to get today here's why you should listen there might be some laughter there might be a joke but we're always going to tie it back to the topic it bothers yes. me when people don't do that it's like i don't want to listen to you chat about xyz in your weekend unless it's related to the topic and and me to be honest as a listener so those are the first two and then a third oh my gosh you caught me off guard i have to think about that i guess pod fade right when you get excited about a new show and they just drop off or when they you know they're on a cadence of publishing three times a week and you've gotten an expectation as a listener then all of a sudden they're publishing every other week that is a pet peeve because the 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 blessing of being a podcaster is that we can become a part of people's day we can actually become a habit that's something that's harder for a YouTube channel or harder for a Instagram account, but because it integrates with walking our dog in the morning, doing dishes, driving our kids to school, we have that opportunity. So you as a podcaster want to become part of someone's habits, daily habits. So if you kind of fall off or you don't fulfill that end of the agreement that you have with your listener, that's definitely a, pe a pet peeve of mine. So lack of consistency. That's fair. Uh, I have a couple that I want to add to that list because those are yours. Mine, if you're going to do a video podcast at all, the little fake background that keeps moving with you, stop it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great one. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Like, you have to like, tell your guests, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. D the blur or some cutesy no, no. picture and every time you move. So I come from video editing. Green screen and keying is a hard process to do. Zoom and Teams are never going to get it right in our lifetime. Just make sure nothing crazy is in your background and just use a background. Just, that's a great just one. have whatever in the background yes. is there. And, you know, that's um, an important one to mention just to kind of come off of what you said, Ryan. Recently, I, I interviewed um, a, a guest and they this guest just assumed that that background would be what, what I would want as the host, right? Yeah. Because it's better than a, what in their mind is better than just the office. I said, no, I don't care if you're in front of just a boring blank white wall. That is better. Yeah. It's more authentic. It looks so bad, those fake backgrounds. So, yeah. Yes. Totally yeah. Because like I move, I move a little bit so you can't see my door. Like that's all you got to do. 
that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah. Just change. Just make sure just, yeah. like, like, like yeah. that's it. And my last one would be, um, please eat and drink off of the show. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how many times. Because, okay, because here's my little rant. 90% of the time when I'm listening to podcasts, it is in my ear. It is yeah, in my headphones. For sure. It is for in, sure. And I've got really nice Bose. I got Bose headphones for this. You can hear everything. And if you're scraping mm. a yogurt cup or you're you're munching a burger or you're doing something else, yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- these are more guest-related things. Or you take drinks. If you drink, you've noticed I haven't drank on this podcast because you will burp and make noises that your listener yeah. can hear. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I may a, have had a drink a of water one. once or twice, but <laughs> but I agree with you completely. Yeah, a quick right? sip of water, whatever. But I think yeah. the food for sure, you... I think I had this happen with my co-host once and I was thinking, what's happening here? Why are we eating on the show? Um, and, and it never happened again. It was a one-time thing. No. And But yeah, it's it seems like it would be obvious. Um, but yeah, absolutely. That just, it, uh, it goes back to the intimacy, the connection, the yeah, opportunity you yeah. have to, to connect intimately with your listener. So look, I love my wife more than life itself, but when I can hear her chew, I don't love her so much. <laughs> and, and so you're, you're podcast host. And if you're a host, it's going to be the same thing. I come from terrestrial radio. Like I was podcasting mm. then into radio, then back in. And that was always a pet peeve on radio. You're doing a drive time. Listen, you're doing a whatever. And they, they're, they're chewing in my ear. I just, but I would imagine with. you would, I mean, that's so that makes total sense. Your perspective, I would imagine in radio, it happened less because they're in studios. They're in these high more. tech pl- more. Wow. More. Fascinating. Be- because, okay. okay. So when you're doing, when you're doing like a morning show, uh, and you're talking, uh, so sorry, anybody that I hate radio. I don't, I don't, I bounced out and never went back. I don't even listen to it, but there are times for 15, 20 minutes you're talking. And then when those, when, when you go dark or the break takes over, you usually go into the restroom or doing production work or, or it's not as glamorous as it seems. Or the, the lady in the office has brought in donuts and you just decide if you have a co-host while they're talking, I'm going to eat. But then people just do it right into the microphone for some stupid reason. <laughs> I do, that I've never gotten at all. I can, uh... I can barely go to theaters. So just so you guys know, it's a pet peeve. I can't go to theaters, a crowded theater, because of all the people eating popcorn. Just, I don't know. I don't like it. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. That's probably too much uh, about me. So thank you so much, uh, Lindsay, for coming on. I hope that everybody has learned something about about podcasting. I know that I have. uh, As it gets up and running, where can we find you? Give Give us all of your plugs. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead and check out my show. Right. So go ahead and open the search bar, type in all ears English. It's one of our three shows. Take a, take a listen, right. See what our format is like. See if you can figure out what our differentiator is. It should be very obvious. Try to follow my own advice here. Um, and I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm doing some kind of informal coaching consulting for people getting started. So you can find me on LinkedIn, just type in Lindsay McMahon, M-C-M-A-H-O-N, all ears English. Um, happy to help anyone give any advice as people are getting started for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And my name is Ryan Shear, uh, Small Business Chronicles. You can go to smallbusinessdelivered.com where you'll find Marketing Masters, Small Business Chronicles. Also in the future, uh, September 1st is Interesting People, hosted by a handsome fellow named Ryan as well. Uh, And uh, it's just, when you do this podcasting thing, you meet a lot of interesting people along the way. 
you just do. And sometimes they don't fit into a niche of your podcast. So interesting people is coming out and that's just where I've taken interesting people. And we've just said, Hey, let's book another time and let's, let's talk about what makes you interesting and, and stuff. So that's coming out here soon. Uh, small business delivered. Uh, it's on all the podcasting sites. I'd put this podcast on a bathroom wall if I could just make sure you follow See, I'm doing the follow. Make sure you follow <laughs> us. And uh, and uh, thank you guys. And I'll see you guys next episode.